0: The number one thing that's going to help you make your movie is find a decent crew. So I've been uh, spending a lot of time not being able to talk again twice now. You wonder why I don't have a didn't have any updates to my podcast and that's because hell I've been sick again. Uh, Northwest Arkansas, I've known, it's, it's absolutely crazy. It's, well, Northwest Arkansas is where I live. We've lost a relative to uh, lung problems. I've got another friend of mine uh, who was in a uh, trailer for Butterfly that's on my uh, YouTube page. And he's been told he's got less than a year to live. And I, I think it's just all allergies because I've been beat to hell this year not being able to stop, my my sinuses are just going crazy, causing me to cough, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's been really, really bad. I've been so sick that it didn't matter if I wanted to write something, I just really couldn't. One thing that I did do, is I went out and filmed some kind of uh, sort of spec scenes for a short film I want to make. I want to make it in the style of uh, the movie Hereditary or uh, a lot of Kubrick-ish shots going on, although I'm not a fan of Kubrick in his storytelling as much because and it's dark and it's good and I like dark and good, but at the same time, I just never really find it that compelling. Uh, I like other ones a little bit better, but the way they shoot it, like The Shining, for example. That's a great example. The, the Shining and Hereditary both have a lot of the same type shots uh, where they just sit and linger. And that's what I've been trying. That's what I tried to shoot. It's something that just sits and lingers. Um, we didn't have a script, which was n- the mistake number one. And two, my crew that I had consisted of a screenwriter. Which, he has no idea how to make movies. In fact, afterwards, he said, I always wondered how they, made, how they made these movies. And I'm like, you've been hanging out with me for how long? And you still, oh my God. And then I had a, a, a girl who is just out of um, film school, I think. She wants to be a screenwriter herself, and uh, she does a pretty good job. She and I have a lot in common on how we approach story and character, and I I do appreciate very much her thoughts on the way things happen in her stories. But as an AD, uh, there's a lot to be learned. So finding, finding a crew is very important in because I needed someone who had a little bit more knowledge and I can, I, I could overlook it if she's not really done it, but I don't understand what film school is about. If you haven't learned this, you should have learned some of these things. Um, but, uh, she did a good job at the things she knew how to do. I'm just going to have to, if she wants to continue working with me, that's great. And then once she hears this podcast, she may tell me to go to hell, but whatever it happens, Um, I have no ill will towards her at all. I just want her to know more Um, because, well, and I needed a DP. I needed someone to sit there and watch the camera, make sure the camera did its thing and was in the correct settings. So I made a big stupid mistake and I thought I would turned my camera into S-Log2, but I'd actually turned it on. And put it on uh, S-Log 3, which completely screwed my color and how I was exposing. Because the S-Logs you have to overexpose. uh, And they're different. S-Log, S-Log 2, S-Log 3, they expose differently. And I screwed it up. It's my fault because I accidentally put it on the wrong one. I I wish to God I would have put it on Cine. And it would have been so much better because you can recover that. So I ended up underexposing every shot that during that day, and I couldn't pull it back without a bunch of noise. Unfortunately, that causes a whole lot of work in post. I was able to get it 80%, 60% back. There's still some noise. It's still, The stuff's still too dark, but some of the shots were just absolutely phenomenal. I love the way they, they, they work. If I had a DP, and that's what you need if you're going to make a film, if you're not a DP if you are a uh, just a filmmaker writer uh you know like kevin smith that guy has he, he admitted he had no idea which lens needed to be used for a particular shot cop out which was a terrible movie don't watch it or you can watch it if you want to know what a terrible movie looks like because it was awful You'll hear him. He'll say it. He had no idea what lens he was going to use when Bruce Willis asked him. And Bruce Willis looked at him as like he was crazy. It's not like Bruce Willis should have been a jerk or anything. I don't know. The only side of the story that you ever hear on that is on Kevin's side, because he talks about it all the time, or at least he did. At the same time, if I was on set, I would have smiled and, and continued to do my job. But I would have had real concerns that the director had no idea what his lens is. Oh my gosh. Ugh. But a DP is gonna discuss those things with you. You're gonna find you're gonna discover what you want the film to look like. You want to be concerned with what you want the film to look like. If you know you want it to look like a soap opera, then you don't really have to worry about much. Put, put the camera on sticks, do some zoom moves, there you go. If you want it to be a horror film, like I'm trying to make, it's not a horror. I guess it's more of a thriller. Uh thriller horror? With the one I'm working on, uh, then yeah, you you know you want to make sure you've got a dolly shot, you've got a zoom shot, you've got long shots. You want to make sure that you've got the coverage to sit on the shot. The ad on on the set had nothing to do with that on this particular shoot we didn't set it up that way the the photography was all up to me so there's no blaming anyone but myself for the photography um the photography turned out great except for it was underexposed and that's because i didn't have anybody double checking my setup which if i had a team if i would have put together a team then that would not have happened somebody would have been double checking my work or i would have been double checking my dp's work now if somebody double checks your work don't think that they're being insulting they're just making sure because we all screw up from time to time and that's why we need a team you gotta have some more people around i mean come on you know i said it before no man's an island but they're a man just a person, man. You're just you're human. it's the way it works. You're making a film. It it takes it takes a village. Not really a village. It takes a freaking metropolitan uh, freaking suburbia to, to make a film. Um, there's always got to be somebody watching your ass, and that's the, kind of the biggest thing about it. You want to make sure that somebody's paying attention to your actors' continuity. You want to make sure that someone and and my ad she was working on that. She did a good job on continuity. But you got to make sure your gaffer. You're a person with lights and electricity. Uh, You got to make sure that they have someone to turn to. They need their little teams inside the team. Now, if you're like me and you don't have that opportunity, you can't find those folks. it, it, It is good to try to find at least one person that's going to back you up. So making a film, you want to make sure you have in place someone who can back you up. Make sure that they understand how to run the equipment. So that way when they run, when you run the equipment, they can go and look at it and say, hey man, you goofball, what are you doing? You're recording in black and white. This is a color scene. We spent all this money on the on the furniture and the decor. You want to record it in black and white? What are you doing? It's a color movie. Come on. Yeah, it happens. Sound people have to have their own little piece and and you know we did it okay on sound actually um mostly because i didn't write any dialogue and that's always helpful no one has to actually say anything sound isn't that you know it's it's important but it's not as much as it would man maybe no sounds important you gotta have that too fortunately we did a good job with that the ad had to run sound which is making her unable to pay attention to what's going on because when i shot this i have almost got some of the scenes finished i'll probably leave a link up uh, to at least one of them it, it won't make any sense what i'm shooting so probably not i probably won't put the link up because you won't understand it it'll just be a weird scene that does weird things um yeah you just got to wait gonna have to wait yeah so she's up there she's not able to to watch what's going on closely because she's also paying attention to her microphone so you need somebody who's watching the actors somebody who's doing the sound somebody who's paying attention to the camera and then as a director me as a director then I could pay attention to their performances in this particular situation I was using a hundred millimeter lens and I was probably um I would say on the longest, I was almost 60 yards away from my actors. So I couldn't tell when there was a mistake happening on screen because I'm looking at this little three and a half inch screen. No, I don't have enough money to buy an off camera screen that's seven and a half or bigger. And no, we didn't have the crew to haul out a TV and put up any a mini HDMI to the screen. So we're dealing with what we have, right? Zero budget, nobody's getting paid, neither am I. But the mistake that I found In doing that, and I'm passing it along to you if you want to make a film and you have no money and you're trying to shoot some scenes or whatever, is that you have to have somebody running the camera who knows what they're doing, and then you can get up there slightly off screen and make sure that the performance that you're watching is what you want. You have to make sure that what you're seeing is what you want. We didn't have a video village. We had to watch it back on the little bitty screen. So my dead guy was breathing. Okay, he's breathing. But I can't fix it in post because of where his hands are. I didn't know that at the time. I figured I could just put a still up. It'll be all right, and then nobody will know. But I couldn't do it because, and I didn't know I couldn't do it because I couldn't see it uh, because it's a zero-dollar production, right? I'm actually, I was just, you know, wanted to go out and have a good time because I enjoy making films. I, I live for it. Uh, the supplement to it is making a podcast, which I have been able to do because I haven't been able to talk for, like, freaking four months so making sure you have a crew in place at two or three people is all you really need that's keeping an eye on this stuff and double checking each other's results each other's outputs each other's job just to make sure everything's done is going to help you make a better film and this goes back to what I've talked about in previous episodes of, of this glorious podcast that you are listening to at the moment. Uh, yes, very glorious podcast. Um, and that it filmmaking is a collaboration. It's everyone it's about everyone getting together and making sure that the the, the final product, the finished product is great and exactly what it should be. Yes, you can go out and make it by yourself. Yes, you can go out and do it as a one-man band. Yes, you can do all that stuff. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it's going to be way better if you have a collaboration and a group effort to make things work. One of the biggest things, and just going back to, again, just kind of rehashing some things for you. One of the biggest things about telling stories in, in, in the film space is that you have to listen to other folks and what they what their opinions are. By dismissing people's opinions, by dismissing people's opinions, you inevitably throw away some of the best ideas. Well how could that be? I'm the one with the great idea. I'm the filmmaker. I'm the greatest that there ever was. No, no, you're not. Nobody's the greatest that there ever is. E- even Book writers have editors, usually multiple editors, that go over their stuff and tell them, this isn't good, we don't know, I'm confused, it doesn't make sense, um, we might think about rewriting this chapter, and then they go back and they do it. It's the same in film. In fact, it's more so in film, because you may think that putting the camera on sticks and showing two people talking and going back and forth, back and forth, is a great shot. But, yeah. Probably not, It's it needs a little bit extra in there, but it might be perfect for your shot. Yeah, I don't know, depends on what you're shooting. Uh, but I've seen that lately what people have been doing is they've been throwing their camera on a slider and they go back left and right, left and right, and then left and right until the performance is over. And when the editor has to get in there and cut them up, it's atrocious, it makes you seasick, at least it does me. And when they cut back because the slider isn't quite in the same place because no one's timing this stuff out, it's incongruity to me. It's it's wrong. Why is this camera way over here now when a second and a half before it was way over there? And it and the beat that it's going left and right on the screen like pong isn't the same. It's like all of a sudden it jumps. It jumps. Stuff like that. Little things like that can hurt your film. Uh, You see it happen in TV a lot, especially network TV. It's because they don't have a lot of time to do it. They write the episode, they shoot it, and only three weeks have went by before it even, and then it airs. And three weeks ago, it wouldn't even written. That's how TV works. It's crazy. Television writing. and and production is just absolutely intense. And that's why they have writing rooms. That's why they have five people in a writing room and one person writes a script and then everybody else goes over it and corrects it. And then the showrunner reads it and sends it back and corrects it. And this happens in like three days, three days. So whenever someone's on your set, listen to what they have to say. If it doesn't jive with your vision, at least try to think about incorporating it. Once you open your mind to incorporating that shot or that thing, then you've expanded your purview of what's going on. You've expanded your thought process. You're growing inside that story and you never know. You never know when that's going to work. And like I told the ad, if you have a shot you want us to do, I may not use it, but I'll film it. I got I'll film it because you never know what you need. So my name is Paul G. Newton. I do a podcast. I'm going to try to do some more podcasts, more, more enthralling content. Check out my blog. Uh, it's on uh, paulgnewton.com, and I write a bunch of weird stuff there sometimes. I have photographs, and I'm a good photographer. Films and stuff are going to be running around. If you want to keep an eye out for when my next film comes, uh, you can find me on YouTube or Vimeo under Paul G. Newton, it's all consistent. That's who I am, Paul G. Newton. Or email me if you absolutely want to rip me a new one, or if you want to thank me, or send me money, that would be okay too. Paul G. at paulgnewton.com. I'll talk to you guys later, and do me a favor. Go film something.